0: Good morning everyday people. Welcome to church this morning. Uh, For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Joe. I'm one of the elders on staff at Sterling Baptist Church. And it's a wonderful privilege for me to be able to bring to you God's Word this morning. A couple of months ago, Honor got hold of us uh, in anticipation of his sabbatical, and he asked whether or not uh, we would be able to preach on certain slots, and when I got given the slot, I was incredibly excited. Uh, Your church has been an absolute blessing to our church over the years, and the idea of being a, a blessing to you guys was something I got excited about. Unfortunately, it's not in person this morning. Uh, But it's it's still yet a uh, a bit of a privilege to be able to bring to God's Word. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, will you please open them up to Luke 11 verses 1 to 4. That's Luke 11 verses 1 to 4. And if you've got a keen ear and you listened to uh, the sermon last week and you remember that text, you'll probably be going, but we preached on that last week. And you're right. This text that we're going to be looking at this morning is the Lord's Prayer, which Seer preached on and did a fantastic job i been doing, he gave a wonderful oversight on prayer and looking at the Lord's Prayer. Um, and if you missed that, I would encourage you to go check that out online. I know it was a blessing to me, and I'm sure it will be a blessing to you as well. But uh, having chatted to you this week, we just thought, man, the Lord's Prayer is such a rich passage of Scripture. We could take weeks unpacking it. Uh, so having one more week by looking at it again from maybe a different angle would be a blessing to you, and that is what we've been praying and hoping for you guys this morning. So let's dive into the text, let's read it, and then I'll tell you how we're going to look at it a little differently. Luke 11 verses 1 to 4 says the following. It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for uh, we ourselves forgive everyone who is uh, indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. How about we pray before we get cracking? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to gather, even though it is online. It's a wonderful grace that you have uh, bestowed upon us in a season like this. It would have never been possible in uh, decades past, but here we are able to gather together um, as a church to listen to your word preached. And we ask, uh, Father, that as we do so, that your name would be glorified, that you would stir up a passion and desire in our hearts for more of you, and that we would love you, and uh, that we would pray to you often, and uh, that you would teach us how to pray as we unpack this text. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how are we going to look at this a little differently than you did last week? Well, instead of focusing on the whole prayer as a whole, we are going to focus in and look in at one statement. The statement in the text that we read this morning is, "Father." or if you looked at maybe the more common uh, Lord's Prayer that we know found in Matthew 6. It is the Our Father in Heaven, the one that we probably recited often at school and church before. And so what we're going to be doing is looking at the statement, Our Father in Heaven. The Our Father is definitely in the text that we read this morning. The In Heaven is maybe a little bit more implied in Luke. You can kind of see it in Your Kingdom Come. Uh, but we're going to be looking at this wonderful, incredible statement by Jesus and see how it benefits us. And, and this uh, statement of our Father in heaven is much more than just a greeting or a hello. It is a proclamation of who God is. Jesus teaches us that we need to pray like this because he wants us to be able to meditate, to recall, to proclaim through praise the name of who God is, that He is our Father that is in heaven. Notice that it's not a petition. It's something more important than that. It is praise. But this has some benefits to our hearts. This has some benefits to our soul that when we, through various circumstances, whether good or bad, taking time out before we do anything just to proclaim and meditate and recall who God is, has incredible benefits to our soul. Just in the moments that we are fearful or scared or anxious or any moments that might cause a a sort of unsettling, Being able to take some time to stop, to proclaim who God is, that He is our Father in heaven, has an incredible uh, washing over of peace on our souls. It brings us comfort. It brings us joy. It brings us peace. It brings us a real settling of the soul as we realize that we have a Father Who is in heaven. But more so than that, also uh, starting off with the proclamation of who God is stirs in us a desire to pray. I don't know about you, but there are certainly moments where praying just seems a bit tedious, more of a chore. But in those moments, to stop and to recall and proclaim who God is is something that stirs up a deep desire for God and gets us excited to continue on praying in us. There's a, there's a move of love for Him and a desire to be with Him as we do so. But Jesus chooses these words wisely, and particularly the in the text we find in Matthew, when he chooses the our Father in heaven side, he does so because it's an incredibly balanced approach to come to God. I think sometimes we have the tendency to focus on either or uh, of the aspects. We either focus on the our Father aspect or we have the tendency to lean to in heaven side of that. And let me explain what I mean by that. Is, At least in my life, I have the tendency, my natural uh, posture towards God is to look at Him in the in-heaven side. I come to Him and I see Him as a mighty, righteous judge who is glorious and great. But downplaying the Our Father side of it, I come to Him sometimes and see Him as a hard father rather than a loving father. Does that make sense? And I think sometimes the, the opposite can be true as well for other people. They come to God and see Him as a loving God. He has a steadfast love. He's, he, he, he's comforting. He comes and He cares for us. He, they've emphasized the Our Father aspect at the detriment of the In Heaven aspect. And what that might look like is that they are Christians that act like disobedient children. They know their dad loves them lots, but at the same time they don't listen to any of his commands or take him seriously when he instructs them. And Jesus is so clever in in adding our Father in heaven in here and making us focus on that because he makes sure that we come to him as a people, as his children with a balanced view that we have an emphasis on His warmth and His love for us, but also an understanding and reverence that He is the King of kings. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to unpack those two sections. We're going to look at the Our Father aspect, and we're going to look at the In Heaven aspect in detail. And so let's look at the Our Father one. And I think this is something that's is only, it's only been able to be prayed by a Christian uh, you can't call God Father if you are not a Christian. If you are a follower of Christ, you have you believe in Jesus. This is something that you are able to call Him our Father, and it really is the climax of our salvation. Our salvation is far more than just being saved from our sin and saved from the pit of hell, but rather that we have been uh, adopted in as sons and daughters of the living God, and that's an incredible uh, thing for us to. Be able to grasp and understand that He is our Father who is in heaven, and uh, and he, he we can come to Him as 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 children. But even though this is true of us who are, are Christians, I think sometimes we have the tendency to still struggle at the idea. Of calling him father. And I think that's because our earthly fathers have been uh, such poor examples to us. And so what we do is we um, project the image of our earthly father onto our heavenly father. And as a result, we can struggle there a little bit. So for example, if your earthly father was a father who was a hard man to please, no matter how well you did, he always expected more. If you uh, were uh, scored a try in the rugby, match, why didn't you score two? If you came second at a swimming event, why didn't you uh, get first? And if you got first, well, you didn't break the record. And so he was just hard to please. And if that was your kind of uh, relationship that you have your father, you'll probably find that you have the tendency to have a similar image of our father in heaven. That he is someone who is hard to please, hard to uh, enjoy, and, and always have to try earn his favor. But that's just really not the matter this morning. Um, we have a biblical understanding that God is a perfect Father. He's not like our earthly fathers. As a father, I can tell you, I am very, very imperfect, and as a result, I want you to know that He, uh, our, our heavenly Father, is far, far more perfect. There's a guy named Aslam. He was, uh, 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 yeah, Anselm. He was an Archbishop of Canterbury, and he said about this. Um, that than, no, than whom no greater can be conceived. If we had to think of a, 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 a father, no greater one could we possibly conceive than the father that we have in heaven. However, having said that, it's still difficult and much of a struggle, isn't it? Just to say that he's a perfect father doesn't necessarily mean it's easy to relate to him or change that perspective. And I think what can be helpful for us is that uh, we look to Jesus as the image is what we have seen of the Father. Jesus says these words in John 14 verse 9. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And what he means by that is the characteristics that he displayed, the compassion he showed, the love that he did, were all... Um, the same attitudes and characteristics that the father has. He's a perfect image of the father in terms of character, in terms of what he believed and held to. They are one in that area. And in a a similar way, Jesus goes and says, well, actually everything that he did on earth, all the stories of love and compassion, all the helping of the poor, all the healing of the sick, he only did because he was instructed to do so uh, by the father. He only did what the father told him to do and so those are really demonstrations of the Father's love and His compassion as well. We have that famous verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son um, uh, that whoever might believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. It's the Father's love for the world that is the driving force behind the sending of the Son. Jesus, of course, lays down His life, voluntarily comes out of love for us, but that does not mean that the father reluctantly sent his son to do so. Rather, it was the father's love for us. And so when we struggle with this imagery of God being our father, we can just look to Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image for us on what the father is like, not our earthly parents, not our earthly parents at all. Um, but unlike many fathers, God the Father is always present he 's always present. We see this in psalm sixty uh, sorry forty six verse one that says, "God is our refuge and strength an ever present help in trouble and ever present not just kind of present, not just sometimes present or not just present, but He's ever present. He's very present. He's right there with us. And even the most perfect parents in the entire world can't get that right. Not even those parents who write blogs about how amazing they are at parenting and how parenting should happen. Not even uh, the people uh, that are so enamored with parenting can get this right, but God Himself is a father who is constantly present always available always there always listening always willing to help and and he's there in moments that are difficult and tough and and as we look at this prayer that Jesus says we must say this or pray like this as he says in Matthew this we don't have to follow the structure of the prayer or just say these words in moments of trial but we can just cry out help <laughs> Please, Lord, help me. Jesus, save me. And, and our, our faithful God is there in a moment to come to our aid. And so we have this incredible God who we can call Father. But not only do we look at the Father aspect, but we can also look at the, this great aspect, this in heaven. And, and that's what it means. In heaven is not just a geographical location, because while certainly God is in heaven, He is also everywhere else. And so when talking about heaven, we are talking about the might of God, His incredible display, His incredible power, His incredible uh, glory. These things are things that we are referring to when we talk about it. And so here we might understand in heaven to mean his uh, unlimited ability. Uh, We see one of Job's greatest discoveries at the end of his ordeal. We can see it in Job 42 verse 2. It says, I know that you, talking to God here, I know that you can do all things. No Plan of yours can be thwarted. Or it could refer to God's unlimited authority as God speaking through his prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 46, verse 10, he says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. It could also talk about God's unlimited availability. Uh, Psalm 139 uh, says these words, it says, Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depth, you are there. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become my night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for the darkness is A light to you. So, these are some of the broad general understandings that we can understand when we say in heaven. We talk about these things about who God is. But maybe in heaven can also refer to some specific characteristics of God. And the, the first one that Jesus might be wanting us to understand when we pray in heaven is that. There is this independence to God. God is independent. He does not need us as high as the heavens are above the earth, uh, so uh, that's how high God is from us. We cannot snap our fingers and expect him to come running to our command. He's not a puppet, and we, the puppet master controlling him or a genie, that we get to rub this uh, lamp and a genie comes out with three wishes as, as, as amazing as that would be that is not God. He He's completely independent from us. He does not need us. He did not make us in order to fill a a hole in his soul or to supplement something that he was lacking. But rather, God is completely independent from us. If anything, it's the other way around. That while God is independent from us, He does not need us. We need Him and we should be jumping to the snap of His fingers. We we might see this in in Psalm 123 verse 2 that says, As the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid looks to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to uh, the Lord our God. Till he shows us his mercy, and so there's two imageries here in that in that verse in 100 Psalm 123. Is there's this uh, waiting for the mistress or the master to give us food to provide for us, and there's a dependency on us on him. We need him to provide for us. But also, as we wait in the hand of a master, there's this imagery of, of a calling near, I need you, come here, do this, do that, go over there. There's, a, there's this willingness by us to look to God in His hand and wait for His instruction and then to jump to it, to follow after what He has said we should do. There's an independency from us, but there's a dependency on our behalf on, on God. The God of creation is independent from creation. Creation is dependent on Him. And so when we pray our Father in heaven, there is this uh, demonstration and an acknowledgement on our behalf that we desperately, desperately need Him. The second element and the last one that we will look at uh, of a specific characteristic is that there is this, idea that Jesus is trying to of God's intractability. And what I mean by that is that there is a certain measure that we can understand God and there's a certain measure that we just can't. We will never, ever fully grasp who God is certainly not on this side of the grave. That if we ever come to this understanding that we know what God is like, we know what He thinks like, we know what He's up to, we know His plans. If we ever come to that understanding, then we will certainly be shocked when things get changed. And it will not be long until we realize, actually, i and don't quite know what he is all about. We see this in uh, Isaiah 55, verses 89. God speaking here through, again, his prophet Isaiah. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so, as we pray in heaven, there's this understanding that Lord, you're far more uh, high than I am. I cannot fully grasp you or your ways or your understanding. And, and so, we come and we don't try to tell God how He should run the world or our lives, but rather we, independently, acknowledge that He's doing things that are far greater than we can possibly understand. And we come to him with our goals and our plans. plans and we say, Lord, I, I lay this at your feet because you certainly know better than I do. We, we pray a Proverbs uh, 3 verse 6, which is, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And so there's this acknowledgement of Him. And I I think this is an important thing for us to grasp this in our Father in heaven aspect because it is the foundation for the whole of the rest of the prayer. The rest of the Lord's prayer flows out of this understanding and reverence for God, knowing that He loves us and we can have an intimate, close relationship with Him as Father. How wonderful that is, but also that He's powerful and strong and able to do all things uh, what He has planned to do, and He is yet on our side because He is our Father. That grasping of that that understanding flows into the rest of the prayer. We can see that when it goes on to say, Hallowed be your name, In love of this glorious God, that He is our Father and that He is great and powerful, this wonderful grace and mercy that we have received to even know Him and enjoy Him, this, this understanding of who God is, suddenly we go, "Lord, we want your name. We want all people to know you. We want the world to be able to see how glorious your name, how glorious your character is. And then out of that, your kingdom come. We want you to rule. We don't want we want to, what you have planned to happen to this earth not what we have planned Lord may your kingdom come may many come to know you and be a part of that but even in these petitions that are about God's glory we're not just asking for those things to happen in the world but to happen in our hearts may you be hallowed in my heart may you be separate in my heart above all other things may I desire you more than other things may your kingdom come not only in this world but also may I may I be a part of that may you Fill me with your spirit and lead me uh, to make your name known. And then it moves over to petitions that we ask. But even in that, we ask, say, Lord, give us our daily bread. He is our Father. We know that he loves us, but he also is in heaven. He is capable of providing for us, even in the tightest of spots, he can come through for us. And we pray that because we want to say, Lord, give us bread so we can make your name known. We pray, Lord, forgive us our sins because as we stand in light of this glorious God who is our Father, who who has done so much, we want to make sure that we are sinless before Him so that nothing would be able to hinder our relationship with Him. We say to as well, Lord, may you help me to forgive others as well because if you've forgiven me so much... The, the the chasm between me and you is so great, yet you have forgiven me. The little chasm that others have to, I have to forgive, is something that I'm willing to do in light of how much you have forgiven me. And Lord, lead me not into temptation, because if I do, if I fall into sin, I know that I will not be a part of extending your kingdom and making your name great. If I do, I know that that intimate relationship that Tia spoke about so well last week, that intimate relationship that I can have with this Father, is hindered. And so I don't want that to happen. So please, please don't let me fall into that temptation. Lead me away from it, we pray. I hope that made sense. You might have to rewind a little bit and listen to that again. But here this wonderful statement of our Father leads into the rest. And I hope that is beneficial to you this morning. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much that we can call you Father. It's all because of what Christ has done for us. That Jesus came and died for us and set us free from sin, but just don't leave us to our own devices. But in your absolute, steadfast, perfect love you came and made us sons and daughters. And so we come before you this morning as sons and daughters. But we also want to say, Lord, you are our Father who is in heaven. You are mighty. You are great. You are powerful and holy. And we desire to make your name known and, and others to come and enjoy you as their Father. Would you help us? We pray. Would I pray for everyday people that you would make them a light in the city, a beacon a sit on a hill that cannot be hidden, and so that they might be bright and glorify your name. Would you pour your spirit out of them, we pray, so that they might be used by you for the glory of Jesus Christ, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for having me, and have a good day.